and the service isn't that great either, even on their, their higher speed. It's pretty expensive. And uh, all these bills have to be met just to keep this going. The ads you hear on the show, uh, they go straight to the RBM, the radio company. And that pays for their time, that pays for staff, that pays for equipment and their bills. So remember, it's up to you to keep me going. And I should really scatter this across the, the show, actually, rather than always do it at the beginning. I'm sure most folk just skip it and go on to whatever they get for free. That's the society we live in today. And we're back with the stories after these messages. how the biggest profits today across the planet have all to do with the fear industry and crisis creation. I keep mentioning that, uh, in case we forget, because we do, we forget everything so quickly because we adapt to everything that comes along so quickly. We're the most adaptable species on the planet, and that's what the big boys know. They can give us one reality for 20 years and another one for the next 20 years, completely different realities. And since 2001, we've been threatened with uh, anthrax poisoning across the planet, you know, and terrorism. Uh, nuclear bombs may come into New York Harbor on ships. And then we have the financial crash. Then we have, uh, this, of course, we already had the, the, the avian flu was going to kill all of us off. And billions were given to the pharma companies to develop vaccines, which didn't seem to emerge. And then... We've got the new one, the swine flu thing is coming along. May, cause, may kill billions, it says. Yeah. And I mentioned last night I watched uh, an old CBC docu- docudrama, but that's one of these fictional accounts where uh, they get actors to play the parts of people. Sometimes they use real people too, and they use both in this particular docudrama. And they started off by saying this coming avian flu, this is a few years ago, but could kill off millions, millions of us. And then they go through the usual um, scary uh, disaster-type scenario. Here's, here's Joe and Jane living here, and there's their child, blah, 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 and watching TV, and how they react to it when, they're, when it's announced. Oh, my God, the plague's killing millions off. But, you know, they've done their best to scare us into Hades for years. But that's where the profits are. Look at the massive rewards there are in setting up cameras across the planet, every town, cities under the agenda. It's an agenda, mind you, and it was there before 9-11 came along. 9-11 truly was a necessary thing to happen to kick it all off. So, it's a massive profit-making business. We're all suspected terrorists now. And even the big psychological and psychiatric magazines that are out there uh, have been saying that for years. Anyone can become a, a criminal or a terrorist, you see. And the, even, even the, the Psychological Association for America, in their own magazine back in, the, I think, the 80s, late 80s, said that they should really have cameras in everybody's rooms and houses to watch them all the time, where they could, put, they could get intervention teams uh, that could come in very quickly, a sort of, a sort of a 
minority report type of idea if you showed an aggressive sign on your face or anything like that. So they prevent violence, you see. And this is all, again, Darwinian. Uh, it's when science comes up as the scientific dictatorship for the world. Uh, this is all spun off out of the sort of Darwin's theory, which led to Marxism. And in fact, Marxism was going to dedicate, I think, his third edition to Darwin. But because Darwin had to play the role of the conservative for the Royal Society, he politely refused. Uh, and uh, it didn't really matter. To him, he was made famous anyway. And that's what you do. You make famous people because we follow stars. You see, they make... It's no different today when they make a star. They've been at this for a long, long time, giving us stars that we can believe in, you see. And they must appear to be geniuses. So they give up all this, this big palaver and nonsense and create geniuses out of them. And they have a role for life. Very, very well rewarded, mind you. You know, as I say, the other big part of the profit-big industry is in uh, a pretensive what if, what if we all get, what if the flu comes out, or what if it mutates? Why would it suddenly mutate? Why would this particular flu, they just know, apparently in the fall, is suddenly going to mutate into a real killer? You see? How would they know that? There's only two ways. It's either an outright lie for, for profit and to terrify us and train us to, to get annual shots, which is all part of it. Or someone's going to release something. That's the only possible way you'd know. Because they don't have a crystal ball to see if, if it mutates. So how else would they know? Did you know that some of the top uh, CEOs of the big pharma companies go to the Bilderbergers and have done for the last two or three years. One of them actually boasted about all the new drugs they're bringing out and how they expected to get uh, a billion profit off each one of them. Why would they be at the Bilderberger meeting? And of course they're getting let in on the big panic that they're going to create and they have created because all of those at the Bilderberger meetings go back to nobility, basically. The big cheeses. Nobility that really came from the merchant classes and then became royal classes across Europe. And really, their countries are just corporations, business corporations, when you really look into it. And they're actually down as corporations. It's like the British East India Company was one of the biggest international corporations ever publicized in history books and everybody in it was a member of royalty or a cousin or a third or fourth cousin it's all aristocracy and the same with the Dutch East India Company these, these companies too like Hudson's Bay Company that were, were given large chunks of Canada even before they really called it Canada and other parts of the US all belonged to these same corporations so royalty would simply grant charters for companies which had big investments and private investments, and it doesn't change. So it's not surprising that leaders at the Bilderberger meeting bring in uh, people that they have massive shares with. I mean, what kind of deal is that when you're guaranteed that your pawn politicians and leaders uh, will pass it into law that you must take vaccinations? 
And these same politicians will throw billions at the pharma companies so they can go and investigate and, and research and how to get a better vaccine to help you. Even though they admit in official medical books and magazines that every spring that the shots they give you for the flu were the wrong combinations and didn't work. It's kind of like a gardener. Every, every time spring comes around, people buy, you'd have to go and buy, supposing your, your, your tools, and it's not far from the truth, the tools you buy from China all collapse after about a few months. Supposing you have to go buy back every year and buy a spade and a fork to dig up the garden, you know, and you stuck it in the ground and it all flexes like rubber. Of course, you wouldn't want to go and buy the same thing again, would you? But supposing the government mandated that you have to buy that fork and that shovel. That's akin to what's happening, you see. I can remember the SARS outbreak in Toronto. And really, it was so overblown. And they have part of this big crisis committee team uh, with their white coats on and their stethoscopes wrapped wrapped around their necks. That's That's a sign, you see, of a doctor. That's an emblem. They got that from the TV shows. Now they all copy it. And they come on every night uh, on the news and, and scare, the, the, again, the bejesus out of everybody, telling you how this could just rampantly spread. And I thought, well, if it's coming in from China, how come they haven't stopped any flights from coming in from China? You see, in a true infectious pandemic or epidemic, you, d- you wouldn't allow people who could possibly have the disease to come in. And during the prodromal phase, as they call it, of infection, there are no signs and symptoms. There's, there's no fever. It's all those cameras that we all spent millions of dollars at for airports to see if you had a temperature uh, because it would, suggest, it would detect thermal changes were useless. But big companies made big money. And it's always the same boys at the top who make the money and, and they reap the profits of the people. But as I say, what a sweet deal when you can get governments, your little pawn boys, to pass laws and force the people to accept things and then use your tax money to throw at uh, supposed research for something that they say may or may not work. What a deal, right? It may or may not work. This is from the thefinancialtimes.com, 20th of July. Some of the world's leading pharmaceutical companies are reaping billions of dollars in extra revenue amid global concern about the spread of swine flu. Analysts expect to see a boost in sales from Glasgow, Smith, Klein, Roche and Sanofi Aventis when the companies report first half earnings lifted by government contracts, you see, there's your little pawn boys, for flu vaccines and antiviral medicines. The fresh sales on top of strong results from Novartis of Switzerland and Baxter, that's one of the guys that sent the live ones for injection that would have, you know, killed the ferrets they injected it with, that have killed the people. Baxter. Baxter, part of the IG farming group in World War II. <laughs> this is off the US, both which also produce vaccines, come as the latest tallies show that more than 740 people have died. Surely should, should have, may have died in there because they're not sure. From H1N1 virus, and millions have been affected around the world. Well, you see, they're not even giving them swab tests anymore to see if they actually have it. If you have a sniffle or a bit of hay fever, you're automatically down with swine flu. And I've read articles before about this. So it's an exaggerated push, you see, for a crisis that's not really there. 
Glasgow Smith Klein of the UK confirmed it sold 150 million doses of a pandemic flu vaccine, equivalent to its normal sales of seasonal flu vaccine to countries including the UK, the US, France and Belgium, and was giving up to boost production. GSK also produces Relenza, an antiviral medicine that essentially reduces the length. It's going to add this thing, isn't it? It reduces the length, may reduce the length and severity of the infection, and is preparing to increase manufacturing towards 60 million annual doses. Annual doses. 60 million. The UK placed an order for 10 million treatments this year. One beneficiary of the fears about the pandemic has been the Roche of Switzerland, which sells Tamiflu, the antiviral drug, and has seen a sharp rise in orders from private companies as well as governments. Back with more on this after this break. from the financialtimes.com to do with the massive sales that the big pharma companies are making with all the various vaccines and research and government contracts. What a deal, what a deal, eh? To to guarantee that the products you make as a private company uh, will be bought by government. I mean, what a deal. It's kind of like a substitute for the, the general wars rather than tanks and planes. It's simply moved into pharma, isn't it, and, and possible plagues and all that kind of stuff. This is a report last week from J.P. Morgan. The investment bank estimated that a government had ordered nearly 600 million doses of pandemic vaccine and adjuvant. Adjuvant is a chemical that boosts its efficacy, so they say, worth $4.3 billion. Uh, and uh, it says in sales, and there was a potential for 342 million more doses worth 2.6 billion. I guess the salesmen are working full-time lobbying governments. It's forecast that French, uh, fresh antiviral sales could boost sales for GSK and Roche by another 1.8 billion in the developed world and potentially up to 1.2 billion from the developing world. But there are also uncertainties for the pharmaceutical manufacturers with demand likely to outstrip supply and initial production suggesting that the yield for the pandemic vaccine is relatively low. They may face difficult choices in determining how much to supply to the countries seeking orders. That's them creating more hype. Oh, my God, the price has gone up. That's what they're really saying there. You see? So they're also under pressure to provide more drugs and vaccines for free or extremely cheaply to develop the developing world. That's not true. Not true. Because, you see, the big companies, as they give loans to the developing worlds, and then they write them off, and then the taxpayers of the countries that gave the loans out have to pay off, because we're the guarantors, you see. It's the same thing. We end up paying for it through various governmental means, such as the, the Organization for Economic Development. Every country that signed the UN has a government department that throws money across the planet. At least that's what they're supposed to be doing. Where it really goes, we'll never really know. And as they're saying this, this big rah, rah, rah stuff, because this, this really is um, almost like an ad, because they, they don't say may work, etc., which they should do. 
you say, so it's, it's written to be pro-vaccine, even though it's untested, etc. How do they test for these drugs? You know? How do they test for these drugs? There's an article here. Remember, all the, the, the things that I read will be up on my site, all the, the links, etc. for you to check out for yourself at the end of the show. And this is from Global Research, July 21st, 2009. It says the H1N1 vaccine is going to be tested at the beginning of August in Rochester, New York. You see? On those people who belong to sections of the community that have been hit especially hard by the economic downturn. In other words, the poor. The clinic conducting the trials has asked specifically for elderly people, black people, or children. In return for participating, people will get, listen to this, this is standard 50 to to $100. Or the children that participate will get a toy. Isn't probably full of bisphenol A as well, so they can suck on it. Do you believe that? There's ads in all papers across the planet. If you look at your city papers, you'll always see these pharma companies wanting um, paid volunteers to pay you a few bucks. So it's always folk are totally broke who apply. That's a last resort get these experimental things and they never really generally tell you what it really is that you're getting they might tell you it's for a cold remedy or something like that they never really tell you you know it says Novartis appears to have paid people in Poland three euros to get them to participate in clinical trials three euros that's about what four pounds or something eight bucks of their lethal bird flu drug last summer which caused death and injury to hundreds of people Novartis and that was in all the papers, too. Definitely European papers. They try to hush it down in the U.S. And that's true. It caused death and injury to hundreds of people. It's just, well, the doctors and nurses have been put on trial in Poland for their role in this crime, even though it appears they were not properly informed by Novartis of the contents of the so-called trial drug. Novartis has not yet had to face legal action. They're protected. How is that? Because they're part of the big establishment. Look at the names of the big bankers and all of the relatives. And you see the same names on all the boards of the big pharma companies. Dr. Matthew Davis, the principal investigator of the Rochester trial, said that because the vaccine only uses pieces of the actual virus, there's no chance volunteers will get infected with the potentially deadly virus, according to a local newspaper. Well, there's an authority for you, according to a local newspaper. There's no chance, you see, you're infected with the potentially dead. Now, which deadly virus are they talking about? Because, you see, they're only making a viral drug, antiviral drug, uh, um, vaccine, for the existing swine flu. It hasn't jumped to, to the killer that they're, that they're expecting will happen through evolution, around about the late fall, you see. And so they're giving them just pieces of the actual virus, as they call it. What do you mean pieces of the virus? There was a, the, uh, the CBC um, were playing at a, an old movie, it was a movie they made for television on plagues and a company releasing it on the public called The Summit. And I'll talk about what happened in the movie after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Maybe it's worse. 
amazing contradictions coming out of the same people. Eh? And there's, a, there's someone you can actually contact here uh, to, who I think has got some lawsuits in about the companies, the pharma companies. And I'll also put up the Rochester site for any nutcases out there that want to volunteer and get a couple of dollars for this particular shop to show you how that it's actually genuine. And they have their own website up. Rochester Clinical Research has been chosen by the residents of Rochester in a Democrat and Chronicle poll as the best clinical research site in Rochester, etc., etc. All PR stuff. And they have all the photographs of wonderful, smiling people. They certainly didn't come from people who are down and out and on welfare, all smiling and grins and awful healthy and well-fed looking. PR, PR, PR. Amazing how these PR, even for this, isn't it? And fake models and all the rest of it. Do you realize when they'll go to that extent just, just to show you a, a, a lie? If you hire models rather than use actual people, you're actually lying to the public, aren't you? Aren't you? Well, why would you expect any truth from them on anything at all when they start off giving you a lie on their own website by hiring models well-fed and healthy and so happy? People who are on welfare and who have to get five or ten or twenty bucks for experimental vaccine don't have happy faces. They don't. They don't. Some people have some sense left, and here's from Northern Ireland, the 8th of July. Northern Ireland refuses to fund the swine flu work. The British Medical Association is deeply concerned by the refusal of Northern Ireland's government. They want Northern Ireland to pay £55 million, which is needed to combat the swine flu pandemic. British Medical Association Northern Ireland Council Chairman Dr. Brian Patterson said tackling the pandemic caused by the H1N1 virus is a major public health challenge for Northern Ireland that requires a united response from the Northern Ireland Assembly leadership. We're deeply concerned that the refusal to find additional funding to ensure that Northern Ireland is properly prepared for the predicted rise in flu cases. There's no option but to fund preparations to tackle the pandemic and additional funding must be found. Everybody's just been raped by the banks here. Raped. And then further than that, you're raped by the government again to pay the banks to keep them going. Two rapists, two brothers, the government and the banks. And then they rape us again for the tax money to, to fund this quackery for a vaccine that isn't proven to work. There's no guarantees it will work. There's no guarantees either, by the way, that you, you can do anything about it if it paralyzes you. Like the last swine flu nonsense they had years ago paralyzed hundreds of young people because the government's passed laws to protect the pharma companies. You can't sue anybody. Boy, they're all rapists at the top, aren't they? Maybe it's because they're so cocksure themselves these days because they've dumbed the public down so much that there's no opposition to their nonsense. There's none. None at all. And the public have no rights. You can't even say, oh, by the way, your vaccine paralyzed me or gave me a stroke because the government's written a law to protect the farmers. 
And that's what they do at the top. They write laws to protect themselves at the top. And anything that's going to be illegal according to any constitution, this write another law to make it legal. And then they sort of thumb their noses at you and say, well, what are you going to do about it? Nah, 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 nah. That's what they do all the time. And people still think they're free. There are people out there that really do believe, yeah, that they live in some kind of democracy. Astonishing, eh? It's astonishing. You'll find, too, in the Wise Up Journal on the 15th of July, it says, it's the true face of global warming. This ties in with everything we're talking about here. It says, because everyone knows that's got a thinking mind and some memory at all, we've lived through the propaganda coming from the top, the big foundations, uh, backing certain movements, which we shall say, down through the years. And I've even mentioned that some of these big movements get their grants not only from the foundations, but they also get grants from the government so they can lobby the government, meaning the government wants certain things to happen anyway. And I've also mentioned that the family was the enemy of this new world order that was planned a long time ago, and they all wrote about it. They have to destroy the family unit. It says here, why more women are only too happy to stay childless is considered the ultimate taboo for any woman. In this day and age, to admit that you don't want children is seen as practically the same as saying Adolf Hitler had a point. It's best to keep your beliefs to yourself. After all, we live in a world where fertility and motherhood can practically elevate you to living sainthood. Just ask Angelina Jolie. And it's true, we follow the stars. That's why they give you stars. And by the way, every major one in Hollywood is approached by the big foundations, and no doubt paid by them as well, to be a front for particular agendas. Because the people out there at the bottom gobble up all these rags you see at the checkout counters. They gobble them up. And they really elevate these people who are just actors and actresses. Not very good ones, a lot of them too. And what is an actor? An actor or an actress is someone who, who, who plays at being other people. Who's the real person behind the facade? They don't know themselves. They all see psychiatrists and therapists. But anyway, in the public's mind, they're, they're rich, so, they must, so, so they're better than we are. They're stinking rich, so they're obviously better than we are. So whatever they say something about a political agenda, it must be true. And who are you at the bottom and all your rags and all that to disagree with that? You follow the stars. People will worship Mammon. It says, but Cameron Diaz doesn't quite see it that way. This is another, I never heard of her. But anyway, and while publicizing her first movie role as a mother in My Sister's Keeper, she defended those women who don't want to have children, saying that there are enough people already on this planet and we don't need any more kids, she says. A kid is a young goat, remember. Remember what they said in communism? They'd have to dehumanize uh, humanity, including children, by altering ter- terminology, psycholinguistics. Says, I think women are afraid to say that they don't want children because they're going to get shunned, the actress said in an interview with Cosmopolitan. Oh, that's a big posh magazine, so it's very important. Eh? But I think that's changing too now. I have more girlfriends who don't want to have children than those who do. And honestly, we don't need any more kids. We have plenty of people on the planet. Well, while there are lots of reasons 
to not want to procreate. Not many people say it's because children aren't eco-friendly. Well, actually, they're starting to say that now. In Australia are, are finding parents now because of all the potential uh, carbon footprints that they'll create during their lifetime. Well, what a con, eh? But one woman who would agree with the actress is Tony Vernelli, the British wo uh, woman, works for an environmental charity and says she was sterilized at the age of 27 in order to reduce her carbon footprint. I, I think some great big carbon boot must have fell on her head from the sky, maybe. Having accidentally fallen pregnant 10 years earlier, how can you accidentally fall pregnant? It's like catching a cold. She had begged the doctor who was performing the termination to sterilize her at the same time. He refused, but that didn't stop her hunting down for, for someone who was willing to perform the surgery. Eventually, she found a surgeon who was willing to oblige. Having children is selfish. It's all about maintaining your genetic line at the expense of the planet, said Tony. Every person who is born uses more food, water, more land, more fossil fuels, more trees, produces more rubbish, more pollution, more greenhouse gases, and adds to the problem of overpopulation. This may be an extremist view, but lots of women are ambivalent about reproducing, especially those who put career ahead of family, etc., etc. And where does someone like Tony there get all this stuff from? Not to mention who's promoting her, by the way, because she'll be promoted by someone, believe you me, a corporation or a foundation. Where does it all come from? All these politically correct terms. Remember what Lenin said, we shall win by slogans. Twenty years ago, people were not talking about water problems, except at the United Nations, where they planned to take over the entire world's food supply back in the 60s at a meeting they had in Israel for the UN. But people weren't talking about, about uh, more fossil fuels or trees producing, uh, and producing more rubbish, more pollution, greenhouse gases, and overpopulation. That wasn't on the lips of the average Joe at the bottom. It's all been pummeled into their mind through re repetition and nature programs and experts over years and years and years, and in movies and in soap operas from a hundred different sources until they start parroting the words themselves, like carbon footprint, another fiction. What is, a car what is a footprint to start with, right? What's a carbon footprint? It's something the chimney sweep used to leave on your carpet after he'd swept the chimney. It's a bogus, nonsense thing. Invisible can't be proven or disproven. It's perfect, perfect, isn't it? And yet, as I say, the big banks were already set up by Lord Rothschild to deal with a whole new economy and trading carbon taxes and carbon fines and fees and so on years ago. So it was a must-be, wasn't it? Doesn't it suddenly just burst into being on its own? And the EU gave millions of dollars, or EU, in money, out to the big, biggest corporations, free to get them kicking off the ball for carbon trading. And they were making millions in profit from all this free stuff they were given by the Parliament for Europe. What a con. It wasn't so bad in the past, you know. It generally had one totalitarian regime in every country, even in the ancient world. 
comprising of a priesthood. So you had one massive con going, but you didn't get all these multiple cons on the go like they have today. And get governments to endorse it and, and then tax you and blame you for living. That's what they're doing, blaming you for breathing. And they're going to make you pay until you're a servant because they're bringing in a world of servitude. And believe you me, there'll be more and more Tonys coming along to be sterilized, to save Gaia, Mother Earth. Remember Gorbachev with his little green flag there, the Knights of Lazarus, that's what that stands for. And he was knighted when he was over in London. He said himself, in one of his own books, he said that he was an atheist. And, and later on in the book he says, we are creating a new world religion. And it must be based on a form of earth worship, meaning combining earth worship and, and environmentalism with it. And of course, we do, we do know that the new priesthood are the, the scientists. The ones who are just a new religion at the top, who make their living on this guff. Guff is G-U-F-F, guff. And they make their entire careers on this guff, you see. So they've got to be believe, or at least make you believe that they believe in it. And tell you all this invisible stuff is your fault. And you've got to pay for it. And it's beautiful. It's kind of like when they used to say, if you don't give us everything you have, we priests won't pray for the sun coming up. And everybody would say, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then you go to your beds and it would sit and play in their minds and you say, oh my God. My God, it's dark, it's pitch black. Well, it's last forever. If we don't pay them, maybe the sun won't come up. And then you all dash off together and say, help us. And you throw all your jewelry at them and do the little dance and mumbo jumbo. And bingo, the sun comes up. And I've got you for another couple of hundred years. Back with more after this break. Because they, they do use codings, and they always have. I mean, right. from the ancient times, 
Which isn't difficult, especially since you could understand that it's only the last couple of hundred years, and actually less than that, that the majority of the public had even basic education. So it was so simple to fool the people uh, for thousands of years by a few educated people with their... Remember, a number is just a symbol, and they use symbols as a language. Same with all the stellas in Egypt, etc. There's so much you can write about the, uh, what's expressed by Egyptologists as what it says, and then when you see them in context with other stellas, etc., and hieroglyphs next to them, there's also another story with contained within. And that was a, a common thing that's accepted by all the supposed uh, professionals today, that they did uh, like the little puns and little signs to each other for those in the know. Yeah. So there's nothing really, really uh, unusual. And it's been used down through the ages up to the present time. And people, it's like the five-pointed star. Why, why is it so important? Why is it the five-pointed star? It's all throughout Freemasonry, you know. And then you have five points of brotherhood. Uh, and we see that displayed all the time with leaders, even opposing leaders, supposedly, on right. television when they meet together, presidents and prime ministers and dictators. And it's heel to heel, knee to knee, you know, you know or toe to toe, uh, knee to knee. And, and then it's, it's chest to chest, arm to back, cheek to cheek. They do this stuff in front of us all the time on the world stage. I mean, you don't realize they're actually going through a Masonic ritual right in front of you. Yeah. Yes, you do. So everything is, is a ritualistic symbol. And it's so interesting, too, that to read their own documents, that even the higher uh, groups of Masonry, as it's, today it's called Freemasonry, it's called many things in the past, has changed its name, but uh, they're, they're not allowed to, lo to show their higher codes and passwords and some signs to the lower degrees as well. So it's a need-to-know basis, you might say. But you'll, you will see things always scattered through the newspapers with little uh, Masonic puns in it that the public are oblivious of all the time. Yeah. Yes. But that's the music coming in. And from Hamish, Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, where it's supposed to rain again, I think, tomorrow. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> 